The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. This week on the I Am Independent podcast, we are speaking to a friend, uh, an artist that we both look up to, an artist that's given us both advice at different times on our own journeys. Uh, He's really generous with his ideas and his time. He's hugely talented as well. And I also happen to manage him. It is the awesome Jake Isaac. Hi, thanks for coming. Like we've chatted to you before. Like I've chatted to you at the end of like a studio session, but we haven't done this. So I think our audience are, you know, if they haven't heard your music yet, which is like, uh, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, they probably have come across little clips from you on our socials and things. But yeah, this is like a proper chat chat. The clips where I'm shouting, shouting at people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yes, very aggressive. But you know, sometimes you need Very that. aggressive. what's weird is whenever i interview people that i know and who are friends i'm like oh this is really weird speaking to them but i every single time find out stuff i didn't know so i'm looking forward to what i find out this time from this chat jake can we just can we just do me and you is that no it doesn't work like that it works best we you know come as a pair come as a pair um so how you been doing how's how's lockdown how's music yeah, been doing good. Just um, it's been really good actually. Just kind of been working on bits and pieces, writing wise, creativity wise. Um, trying to write an album. Um, just demoing an album from home. Um, it's actually been quite fun collaborating with. Um, so now I've got a guitarist over in Hamburg who's done some bits, and then. Uh, a hammer player in New York and like it's just been fun like sending up parts getting parts back and being like woo Christmas <laughs> um, that's been cool so um, I'm just kind of getting things together to um, yeah to send up to the team so I can have a listen tell me if it's rubbish um, I go from there yeah. so cool. when you think about your artist journey um, I mean I know you um, were pretty musical from a really early age but was it was it? Are you doing the job that is your dream job? Is this what you always wanted to do? Or was there ever a time that you wanted to do something else? You know what? I didn't... I think I'm actually living my dream, yeah. But I just, at the time, I didn't even focus on it because I didn't even think this was a job. I didn't think you could actually be a musician and, and have a mortgage, let alone a family or a car. <laughs> I used to... Listen, once upon a time in my life, I used to look at cars on the road and be like, Five grand for a car, mate. I'm working clocks. I might never see that. If you're working clocks and you're watching, I I don't mean any effects, but where I was, it was was hard times. Um, So, yeah, when I was, especially at uni, I just thought, yeah, like, uh, I don't know if this this job exists, um, but I'm I'm, I'm doing it. And um, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, living the dream. So you didn't do it for the, the money or the bright lights? That wasn't the reason. No, because honestly, I just I'm not I'm not I never saw myself as a singer. I'm not I'm not the. I'm, I, I, in a way, I still don't see myself as a singer. Oh, <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that guy. 
Um, and so I never, I never really had that. Yeah, one day I'm going to be famous thing. Um, in fact, what got me into it was more of how can I make so, so much madness in the world, so much hidden madness and exposed madness. How can I, how can I impact people, my generation, people around me, people in my country, and not that live in a different country. And um, I once had a great quote, which was, "If you want to, if you want to change culture, change, um, um, use music. If you want to impact culture, do it with music. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever there's movements, there's music. Wherever there's a movement, there's a song. Whether it be civil rights, we shall overcome. Like there's so many songs, apartheid, so many songs, Jabalani Africa, songs that came from different movements. Historically, there's always been the songs. And um, and I think early early days when I started kind of writing music, writing songs in my little bedroom at uni." Um, I, I kind of had that in my heart, like, man, I, I, if I'm going to do this, it needs to happen through music. I, I don't know how, I don't even know how to get my music out there, but I'm just going to start. And that was my motive. And to be honest, it still is my motive. Did you do um, music at uni? Nah. I did marketing at uni. Marketing? Um, and that was because I was a session drummer. Um, and um, it's kind of to do with my mum, to be fair. Basically, my mum said to me, um, Jay, if you're going to do music, then you need to do theory so that you can fall back on teaching in a classroom because this music thing doesn't always work out. And she said it super innocently at the time, but there was a bigger thing at play. And um, actually, I ended up doing marketing just because I studied music theory. I just didn't have time for that. I wasn't interested. Um, and ended up ending for Duffy at the time. And then my mum said, hey, can you make a living off playing drums? You can, Neither me or her knew that at the time. So I stopped. And um, long story short, I ended up being a songwriter and ended up doing this. And this has worked out perfect. Songwriting was your path into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Totally. I am, um, yeah. And in fact, that was where I learned how to use logic, learn how to structure songs. I'd do, I'd stay up half an hour, I'd stay up. Um, there's a period in time where I was living back at my mum's with my missus and I'd go into a little studio place that my friend lent me and at like nine o'clock at night and make, I'd make a song every half an hour from nine all the way to four in the morning. Um, and, and I'd demo a song. I'd have, give myself half an hour, set stuff up. And then I'd leave it the following day, come back to it, say rubbish, rubbish, good work. And that's how I learned structuring songs, production, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. One of the things, I've heard you tell the story quite a few times about, you know, I was a drummer and then like someone heard me sing and they said, oh, you can sing and I'm, I'm not a singer, that, that whole thing. I know that when people hear your voice and then hear that story, they're like, I, I don't believe you. Like, is it seriously, did you really like not imagine yourself as an artist yourself? Like you, to me, you have too many of the things to, to have just only seen yourself as a drummer. Um, just bear in mind, I've never yeah. seen you play the drums. <laughs> um, uh-huh. um, yeah, that, if I'm honest, I grew up, my generation grew up, the generation I was in at school, that was like the Brandy generation. So when you say you can sing, you better come like Brandy. <laughs> like, or don't open your mouth. Like, I would like, and I went to an all-boys school, so, if I, so I didn't even have the pressure of girls who could actually sing around me. This was just guys. Like a guy would just come to me and go, come, bruv, let's just do a riffing battle. Yeah. 
no, bro, I play drums. No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and so when you're around, so remember before that was Whitney, um, and then you came into NDRE Brandy. They came out, and then you had the Jill Scotts coming out with like even more creative ways of producing an album. Um, so if you're gonna sing, there had to be there had to be more than just nice tone. You had to know what you're doing, um, and I think that from then kind of just shut me down. And also, I knew what I wanted to do in my head, but I never it, it never translated. Do you think um, there's a bit of that that and I because I've spoken about this with Bianca before. Um, that comes from perhaps yourself, but also from other people's perception about what a black singer should sound like. Because I know that Bianca's massively encountered that with her voice, which isn't uh, riffing, you know, black wailing, you know, over dance hit sort of thing. <laughs> and your voice is, is so full of tone. The tone is, is everything. But you're right, we, we have, you know... The, the ones that people shout, shout and stand up at and clap for on The Voice are the ones that are the loudest, basically. <laughs> when I watch with my sister, she's like, they're just clapping because they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's part of it. I didn't mean to sound like a, a typical black person, a black R&B singer. Um, and, and you know what? You kind of... You kinda, that stuff happens. That's the, the narrative that's going on in the background somewhere. But you kind of just move forward. You just crack on um, and, um, and do your thing. You don't... You, let, you Yeah. You just kind of get desensitised by it all and you just go, all right, well, this is what it is. I don't sound like a black person. But I can do this. So let's just crack on. Let's not focus on that. And move on. So whenever someone does make a comment, you just, you just shake it off and you just keep going. So you didn't feel a pressure then to sound a certain way. How did you confidently arrive at your your sound and feel like this is me and actually maybe there's even a strength in the fact that I am different I, I think that started to happen to, uh, where are we where are we, so 2009 where um, I put out an EP I decided yeah, I'm going to do this thing I had a conversation with some friends in my house so I'm going to do this thing and maybe like four months later, I put out my first EP called Hearts and Parables. And um, people bought the music. And then I did a little gig at a place called The Social. No, yeah, The, the Social in town. The Social? Um, just off Oxford Street. Yeah. And um, and it was packed, like it sold out. And these, and it wasn't just my mum and my dad. In fact, my mum wasn't even there. Like it wasn't just aunties and uncles. Like, I didn't even have, I didn't recognise people. People were there and I was like, who are these people? And there were people who had found out about my gig on Spotify or whatnot and they liked my voice. So I think secretly I'd been teaching myself to sing um, in a really chilled way. Just, I love Kim Burrell. So I would, at work, I'd have Kim Burrell just playing in my ears like the same record or the same YouTube clips and I'd just be literally mimicking what she'd be doing. Not so that I could sing like her, but just so I could learn how to control my voice. Um, I knew I had a tongue, and I loved, and I knew I had, I had, um, I had like jazz sensibilities. I knew like progressions, but I just couldn't control my voice to do it. So I would listen to Kim Burrell. That's all I'd listen. I, I love her um, to learn how to control my voice. But I think at that gig, I realised, and with that EP, I realised, um, wow, people, people like what comes out of my mouth. I should probably keep going see where this goes and I did and I think 
that's in my observation that's where a lot of um a lot of artist friends and people that have kind of encouraged in a way have gone wrong or they've or they've, it just hasn't connected it's where they do something it connects but then they don't follow up and they don't build the momentum um and so my next ep was probably out maybe like I, the first thing was out like five months after that and then the ep was out eight months after that um, and all the time i was just doing little showcases here gigging and i was just building on that and I'd always look to do a slightly bigger venue. So I think the next size venue up was 120 kid cap. I think Islington, the social was like 70 or 80. And I just kept going from there. But I was running off people like was coming out of my mouth. And it wasn't the people, it wasn't the tastemakers, it wasn't the cool, it wasn't the, the urban crowd, it wasn't the R&B. It wasn't that crowd. <laughs> so I found my target. I found people who liked me for me. And I just fed it to them. And I still do that. That's good. Did you like, did you like your voice? No. Do you like your voice? I, I, do you know what? I tell you what, and I, I think when I was recording that EP, um, I used to, I recorded it as a friend of mine was in the studio when I did it, a guy called Ezra, Ezra Tafari Russell, uh, Ezra Tafari Rose. And he has a really unique voice, but he used to do BVs in LCGC. He's done BVs for Ellie Goulding, but his voice is completely, like it's not, it's not like his tone is different. I think hanging around him made me almost gave me the confidence to be like, "Hey, if I do something like this way, it sounds good on a record to listen to." Cool. Let me just do it that way, the way which suits me. Um, and now I realize, and again, it used to irritate me when I used to sit in A and R meetings, and people would be like, "Yeah, I don't know who do you sound like. I don't know what what kind of vibe. Who would you say you feel like? What 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 what, how, what are you?" <laughs> And um, that would hack me off, meeting off to the point where I just stopped going into those kind of meetings. But in the, in the same way, I, I, in the, at the same time, I realised I'd been given something unique. And as long as I keep doing it for the people who pay money to come and see me or, or like the music, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page. Just search I Am Independent and you should find us. And do follow us on social media on Instagram at We Are Independent Artists and on Facebook under the same. Also on Facebook, you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas, collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged. You can find links to everything we do on our website, www.iamindependent.co.uk. We talk about that a lot, about finding your tribe, like that the, the key to success for the independent artist is to stay in your lane, not look at what anyone else is doing, but your your task is not even to to get the hit or to press impress the label as much as those things can help you. Your key for sustainable success is to find your tribe and to be making music for them. It sounds a bit like you're saying that your tribe kind of found you and then once you connected with a few of them, you kept giving them what they wanted. Did that then become a part of your strategy? Yeah. So initially my strategy was... Um, and I've, I've shared this quite a bit, it was based on a Motown model. They didn't have Instagram or not, so they, their fan base grew either by radio or by the live experience. So initially when I set out, I was like, cool, I've done a gig of 70, the next gig's 120. 
but I need to make sure the next gig I do is like 10 times better. I want to hire a lighting guy. I don't how much, I can save my money, hire a lighting guy. Or the next showcase gig I do, like who's who's killing it doing solo slot? Ed Sheeran's killing it. Let me watch how he how we builds a set. Cool. Next time I do a solo slot, I'm gonna do my style. But I'm gonna I don't know, I'm not using a loop pedal, I'm just gonna kill it the way. And and you have to understand this was like years ago when Ed was starting out. That was literally how I built it. The fan base thing, I, f- I found that especially Mike, and even to this day, I'm still shocked when I see people at the gigs and they're singing every word. And even when I forget the words, they're singing the right <laughs> words. Like, I think, I think it is all about doing it for them. Um, I think there's such a strong temptation to be like, oh, but everyone's into, I don't know, Billie Eilish. Oh, so maybe I should just, bruv, shut up and stay in your lane. Nobody asked you. Nobody asked you. You're not even from America. You're not even a girl. Like, allow it. Just do you, bruv. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Um, I just, I just think we miss the value and the gold waiting for us further down the road in our road, the, the road that we're on. Uh, if we get distracted, but I think the, the the problem is it's disheartening. It can be discouraging when it's like you're not seeing the progress quick enough, um, and, that, and that's hard. But that's why it's even more important to capitalize on momentum. If you did a gig and there was twenty people that showed up yesterday. Cool, plan your next gig and plan for 50. But don't wait until two years' time. Like, I love having... So I'm, I'm working on an album now, and it's not out until end of the year. Like, the full album's not out until February. But I know what's going to... I know how I am. I'm going to finish this record, and for the sake of those people who are into my music, I'm going to start working on acoustic versions of this record. Because I want to feed them and grow that and honour them for investing in me. That's so good. Yes, we just need a little sailor in it. Just a little, just small, small. Okay. Um, so um, you were talking about songwriting, and I think that um, there's a lot of artists who don't necessarily feel like they've got that naturally, um, that natural ability to be able to write songs, to craft songs. And it sounds like that you, you probably, maybe you had that natural ability, but you worked with a lot of people and you did that and you kind of did the work. Um, am I am I right? Like, how do you how did you go about songwriting? You do co-write a lot. Like, what what's your views on songwriting? Writing with people. How do you get better? Songwriting is a language. The way you learn a language is you learn a language. Like, and 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 you do that by immersing yourself in that language. Um, so, like, I, it, it, if I'm honest. It seems like a safe space. It frustrates me when people go, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really that songwriter. I'm not, I'm not really, that's like me saying, oh, I don't really speak English. Bro, if you need to survive, you learn English, bro. Like, if you need to survive, you will learn French. And I just feel like for artists that are, are using that, um, that line, oh, I'm not really a songwriter. If you want to do it, do it. So the way I learn is I would have... I would, and in those nights where I do half an hour demos, I would, um, I'd have each week, and it's easy, even easier now. Go on Spotify, uh, new release, uh, 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 new music Friday. Take the top ten or the top ten charting songs. So I would do that on iTunes, and I put them in a playlist, and um, and then what I would do is I would I would listen to a song and I'd replicate it. I'd be like, cool, okay, that's when they were a melody. There was a rise here. There was a 
oh, okay, so they stopped it. And uh, uh, particularly when I was learning, it was the one note thing that everyone was on. So it was the whole Katy Perry thing. Rihanna did it. I'd be like, okay, so that's that's it at the moment. Like, it's an obvious thing. And you start to see patterns. You look at the top 10, you start to see patterns. Um, and then what I would, I would, I would replicate that. And then even production, I would, I remember I used to, I used to, I was into the Neptunes. I was into Pharrell. So I would make, I would make the equivalent of beat. I'd just immerse myself in it and, and try and recreate it. And then what I would do to test my progress is that same top 10, I would have a bounce of the song I made and I'd put it in there. And then I'd sit on a tube and listen to it. And if that song sounds absolutely crap compared to the others, I'd be like, nah, I need to work. This isn't, doesn't, I might not even have to mix, but I'm, I'm, looking, I'm listening to it, I'm going, this needs to feel like that quality. I don't, I don't know how to get there, but I need to figure out how to get there. And it's that perseverance. If you want to learn a language, learn a language. There's enough resources out there. I didn't even have, I didn't even go on YouTube and be like, how to write a song, step one. I didn't do none of that. I just went, my, my dad taught me actually, he said, um, I remember I, I, um, we, uh, I was friends with a guy called, still are, uh, still am, uh, the guy called J.P. Cooper. And I was like, I came out, I was talking to my dad the other day, I said, yeah, me and J.P. chatting. And he said, he's doing this. And my dad stopped me and went, cool. So, um, well, who's the best in your field? And I said, well, well at the moment, it's Ed, isn't it? Uh, Ed's killing it. Uh, a couple of other people, Maroon 5. He said, cool, so why why are you looking here? Like, why don't you look to the best in your field? And, now, that's no diss to J.P. Like, he's a, he's a brother, he's a good guy, and he's great, phenomenal creative. But the point my dad was making is, yo, if you want to speak, a, if you want to speak that language at that level, look at those charts. Look at the top of those charts. Mm. You might not even be into the music, but do it anyway. That's so good. Yeah, that's really. And I, I remember you saying to me, I can't remember what we were talking about because it was long before we were actually working together. Just one of our lunches, I think. And I t- can't remember who you would talk about in terms of giving advice to somebody. But you were talking about getting music videos of people's live performances and watching yeah. literally where they would stand to, yeah. where they would walk to. And I remember yeah. being amazed that you would do that and then thinking, what an amazing idea. Why, of course, like well, that's such a simple thing that yes. somebody can do. And because, you know, there's the whole thing of when people are starting out, things like, what do you do in the instrumental? Like, what do you do with your hands? What do you do with things like this? Like, yep. what looks, how do you control the stage? And um, even here, you're talking now about, you know, doing the songs every half hour, just when you, you spoke then about, you know, looking at song structure. It seems to me that you have literally um, honed your craft in every area. You've seen it almost as uh, a challenge and a task. And you've put, you've schooled yourself on every aspect. And I think uh, there's not many artists that do that, that put that level of, of, um, of work in because it's very um, usual for an artist to rely, or at least their starting base being their natural talent. I know from one of our early podcasts, it was your quote that talked about not relying on natural talent, but hard work and the combination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question is, clearly you had the natural talent there first and when we see you on stage it looks absolutely effortless and maybe it is now because of all of the 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 schooling but where have you found the balance between natural talent and also even when you come to songwriting I guess if you go too much down that road it could come quite formulaic where do you leave room for inspiration and just what you feel 
um as and and also this needs to look excellent and how you do that is is rehearsing and schooling so i've I've, um i realize um i've learned things backwards in my i've focused i focused my career on my journey on hard work because i've never seen my talent was good enough and I've never said that out loud. And I've just been super honest. Um, I don't. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need a Kleenex. I'm just. I'm just being honest. And that's a realization for me. Actually, as I've said that, I don't. I don't rate my talent. I don't. Um, I don't see it as. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't rate it. But I think. I think what what's happened is. I've put the hard work in. Um, I've sought to educate myself. And then somewhere along the way, I've learned to be vulnerable. Um, and that's probably why I can just say that in this context, in an interview, which, is, which I don't know who's going to see this. I've learned how to be vulnerable. Uh, vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity. So I don't... I'm not a, a, a massively receptive person. I'm not overtly receptive. I don't go, oh my gosh, look at that tree. Oh my gosh, I'm going to write. Rather, I, I find um, I'm an ambivert, so I'm, I'm, I can be extrovert. But then you leave me alone for a minute and I'm off with the fairies and I'm, I'm thinking stuff. I'm, I'm fully thinking. It's almost like, um, um, it's, it's, I, I don't know, inception. It's like thinking within think thoughts within thoughts. And somewhere in there, I, I find... There are moments where I found that I sit down and and I write, and it's it's like Jake is this corny, but this is what are you what are you doing? But I've allowed myself to be that way. I've allowed myself. I've allowed that stuff to come out, and so um and, and I think that's where that's what compensates from me not seeing my talent as all that. I don't want to depend on my talent. If I'm if I'm really honest, I want to depend on my vulnerability. Um, I want to depend on being open. Um, um, and, and I still find it hard. I, I still find it hard, um, especially on social media. I just don't like, I don't know if it's a guy thing or it's just a me thing and my own insecurities because I have insecurities. Um, but I don't like being vulnerable and people being like, nah, it's not really cool, is it? You're not really being cool, are you? So let's not like the picture. Or, nah, yeah, cool, nice one, Jake. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds pathetic. But my hard work, or hard work and vulnerability, um, is 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 my uh, my USPs. That's that's what I've used, um, and and yeah, that's it. That's that's where I'm at. I don't even know if that answers your question, but those are those are the two things that. That's a great answer. That I hold on to. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we've been doing some bits, and I and I've kind of heard you saying recently about. Um, like you're leaning into being honest in songs and realizing that they, that's the most that's like the be, that crucial bedrock that you need like it has to come from a place that feels honest and feels real because really that's what connects you know mm-hmm. um and i think it's really cool because actually you've got the skills um because you've worked really hard to be able to um craft honesty into great songs do you know what I mean? Because um, we can we can craft anything, any topic that doesn't mean anything to us, 
um, you could craft that into something that sounds great because you've done the work and you know how to do that and you are talented sure. and you are skilled but actually you're, it sounds like you're leaning into a different place now or you want mm. maybe you want a different impact or I mean yeah, I don't even I mean, think you're seeking for impact but you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. my, my um, a manager friend of mine said said to me once I don't know how you've gone so long without being honest and um, and I hated that they said that, um, but yeah, I considered myself very grateful, and because I've literally been able to connect with people, off really filtering um, who I am sonically, like musically. Um, so many a time, I've been in meetings, and I've even said it myself because I've just gone like, "Well, this is the way it is," um, where. We've got, well, that sounds a bit urban. That sounds a little bit too, Jake, maybe that's a bit too urban. Too black, basically. Two Radio 1 Extra, not enough Radio 1 or Radio 2. And there's no diss to them, radio. It's just something, it's just a box which I allowed myself to be put in. Um, um, but I feel like, actually, I, I, there's only one me. And so the best thing I can do is, is be com- completely... But with that in mind, just a quick, um, your quick thoughts on, and we don't have to spend too much time, it's it's the, we're in the middle of a movement in it, we're in the middle of um, the biggest civil rights, civil rights movement in the history of the globe. Um, How, what's your take on artists' role? In that you said you said at the top of our conversation that um, with movements and things that happen like art and music, it's there and it's synonymous with actually making those things happen and make, making those things actually have cultural significance. And so, what do you? What's your take on the role of the artist in this moment? Should artists be jumping on this? Should we be adding to the noise? If we do, how should we be doing it? Um, just your thoughts. Um. I once, I once put out a little thing on socials um, to encourage artists, but also as a statement uh, for my own encouragement. Which I'd rather, um, I'd rather make uh, relevant art with conviction than try and make popular art with apology. I don't, at a time like this, be relevant, like contribute. You have a fan base that I don't have. Speak to them. You posting that stuff or you seeing about that stuff educate other people not just with knowledge but emotionally it educates them through music um spiritually just completely music music is a healer as well as uh, a sound of protest music is restoration as well as rebellion um so i think instead of seeing it as contributing to a a, a, a river of noise rather find your own estuaries find your own streams and reach the people you have the way they need to be reached. Um, I'd like to think the people that listen to my music, they are educated people. Um, they are people who, who are, yeah, they are, they, they are, they are self-aware. And so for me, I don't need to shout. I don't need to, rather I just need to, in the same way I've done before with my music, just be authentic, try and be authentic and present to them something for them to consider. Can, no one likes being forced to kiss them. I, I'm, I'm not trying to shove this down your throats. Rather, I'm just trying to go, hey, I don't think this is right. What do you think about it? 
Mm. Yes, good. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. Music